up, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman. Whoever you are, wherever you are listening from, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a returning listener, I greatly appreciate your continued love and support. And if you're a brand new listener of the show, man, thank you so much for hopping aboard that pirate ship. You can follow me on Instagram at March4thPod, on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman. The host site is March4th.podbean.com. The link tree with all of my stuff is in the podcast description for this episode. Y'all made it here, so you found me somehow. And I truly appreciate each and every one of you checking out another edition out of March 4th with Mike Bauman podcast. Everybody, uh, it, for those of you who know me, you might be able to to sense that my voice is a little hoarse, and that is because last night I ventured out of my cave to socialize uh, like I do every once in a blue moon, and uh, I had a good time, man. It was happy and sad at the same time because two of my best friends in the whole wide world, shout out Dominic and Nicole, they are actually moving from Nashville where I am located. I will just say in the Nashville area because there's weirdos out there. Um, but they're moving from Nashville out to Portland, the Pacific Northwest, man. And I've always been attracted to that area ever since I was a kid, probably because I love the Goonies and Stand By Me. They're two of my favorite movies of all time, and they were filmed out in the Pacific Northwest. But um, I'm excited for them. It's a great lifestyle change for them, and it's it's what they, they needed in their lives. They sold their house in a couple of days because the market here is on fire in Nashville, um, which is good and bad for people like me, man, because it's like the cost of a home is pretty crazy here. You don't really get what you pay for. Um, I digress. But uh, so, yeah, man, it was great to see them shoot the breeze, hang out with some some other people as well that I hadn't seen in a minute, catch up and meet some new people. Um, we had we had a lot of fun last night, man, and it was uh, it was good. It was good to get out of my shell and it was good to you know, to hang with some friends, man, and socialize. It's just kind of a reminder of just um, how lucky you are to have the people in your life that you do, you know, and, and how lucky you are to to connect with people on a soul level. And Dominic and Nicole, I've had some deep conversations with those guys over the years. I've shared several laughs with them over the years, and um, they, they're just, they just open arms, really good people. I watched them fall in love. They met in uh, in our former church group, which I hope everybody is is doing well. I love you guys. I miss you guys. But uh, they met in our in our small group and um, fell in love with each other, got married, and and now they're making a big move uh, to the other side of the country. So, like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss them like crazy, but I can't wait to go out there and visit because, like I said, that's always been a, a part of the country that I've been attracted to and have wanted to get to, man. So so it was fun last night. I uh, had had some fun. And uh, it was good to get out, man. It was. It's, it's just a reminder of how much is really going on in Nashville. You know what I mean? I haven't been in the nightlife vibe, and you know, in my life in a really long time. You know, as far as bar hopping and stuff, I really haven't done that since uh, since I was young. Um, and I'm not old, even though I'm gonna be 35 in less than a couple of weeks. But uh, but yeah, you know, it's just it's just a trip. You know, when you when you walk out of a place and you see like a line to go in and stuff, I'm like, man, it's just I've, I'm so far removed from from all of this, uh, which I think is good and bad, right? Uh, uh, nothing against anybody who bar hops and, and does that kind of stuff. But I just, 
I don't drink a whole lot anymore. It's more about the hang for me. It's more about having a couple of good drinks, you know, an old-fashioned Jameson and ginger ale, you know, a couple of nice beers and just hanging out and chilling with people. The the binge drinking stuff isn't isn't my thing, man, but um but it was cool. The 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 places that we went to had a really cool vibe. And uh it was just it was just kind of it was just nice to go out and, and visit, man. It just kind of reminds me of like dude, you need to get out of your shell a little bit more, man. Um and uh, like I said, so I was happy and sad at the same time because uh, it was a great hang, but they're moving. Um, but I, but I'm really excited for them too because I know this is something that they're really looking forward to, and I think it's going to be a great next step for them in their lives together. And uh, and now I've got an excuse to go out to the Pacific Northwest and, and visit and uh, you know check out a place that has always been appealing to me ever since I was a kid, man. So. So it was fun, man. I and I and I hope that all of you guys out there too are enjoying yourselves in the new year. You know, hopefully you're being safe about the fun that you're having, and hopefully you're you're getting a chance to connect with with people that uh, you have a lot of respect for, who you love very much. And speaking of people that you have a lot of respect for, this week's guest, as I approach episode 100 of the podcast, it's crazy, man. But uh, this is a guy that I connected with. Probably about a year and a half ago, we have a mutual friend and, and colleague, shout out Bad Mentality, Colton Ramey. He's doing big things right now. If you're a fan of pop punk and metalcore, definitely check him out. Um, but he linked us up a couple of years ago for my uh, podcast playlist that I did after like the first couple of years that I, I got back into doing this podcast, March 4th, I, I compiled a playlist, which you can listen to on Spotify. The link is in the podcast description. Shameless plug. But Colton uh, hooked me up with this week's guest to do the visuals for that playlist, which is March 4th Music Volume 1. This dude is a musician, producer, creative extraordinaire, does music videos. His name is John Mark McKenna. He is based in the Chicago area. And I just got a lot of respect for this dude, man, um, from music videos to, like I said, audio production, audio engineering. He can sing. He can play the guitar. He's getting into beats, which we're going to be talking about in this conversation and some cool things that he's doing in that space as far as his trip to Omaha where he, he connected with some really cool people and it's playing a role in the things that he's got going on right now and that he's got coming up for 2023 he just dropped a new EP at the end of January called Tangent Nextel Freestyle Volume 1, which is showcasing some of the beats that he's making. Like He's got his hands in a lot of stuff, man, and uh, he's worked with Colton, too, doing visuals for him uh, on a couple of uh, his singles. So, yeah, man, I got a lot of respect for this guy. John and I actually did a podcast with Charlie Mike. Shout out Charlie Mike, who's also got new music out. Got to get him back on the show but we we linked up last springtime, so almost a year ago. I think it was April of 2022. It's crazy how time flies. But uh, we were talking about their their music project together called Temples, uh, which you can find on all the streaming platforms. Temples US. I digress, but uh, metalcore. If you love it, check it out. But uh, had a good conversation with those guys, and we linked back up for a new episode because we wanted to talk about everything that John's got going on in 2023 with. 315 Audio and Media, his company, uh, as well as his production work, his media work, 315 Day, his trip to Omaha, big things coming up for John in 2023. So it was cool to link back up with him and get him back on the podcast to talk about all the exciting stuff 
that he's got going on right now and that he's got on the horizon. And if you are a music lover, if you're a fan of audio engineering, if you're a fan of just creative juices flowing, man, this episode is for you. So without further ado, I'm going to shut my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with John Mark McKenna. Here it is. There we go. Now it's official. There we go. All right, computer, don't don't crap out of me, computer. <laughs> John, it's uh, it's good to talk to you officially, man. Like we were talking about before the jump, you getting oh, your stuff set up, and my super old ancient computer getting hey, ready to go. So. It's all good. It's good to be so here. I, good to see you again. Yeah, man, you too. I appreciate the patience. And again, dude, I'm sorry. I uh, I, I try. I know I've said sorry like seven thousand times now, but I I really try to be professional, and this is just. Once that tax return money comes in, baby, I'm going to be getting a new computer, you know? Oh, I hear it. I hear that. My tax return money, <laughs> I'm like, I'm just praying that my car doesn't just let me take this win so I can get myself some new studio monitors and or a nice pair of new headphones for mixing. So I'm just like, I'm banking on some on some money to be coming in to, to fund into there. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. It's always good to have good equipment. And uh, especially with what you're doing, man, um, like we're about to get into just the production work. Obviously, Temple's US, you guys put out multiple singles last year, which were dope. Um, and, and I'm really excited for what you're doing with 315 Audio and Media and produced by 315. And uh, I'm just I'm I'm jazzed to be talking to you again, man, especially being a fellow Midwest guy. Actually, I don't know if you can see it, but uh my one of my new pickups, one of my vices is uh band t-shirts and artist t-shirts and uh yeah, juice world. Juice World. Juice World's my like favorite it. rapper. You oh. know, so I was like, you know what? I got a Chicago guy on the show. Gotta show some love to Juice, man. R.I.P. That's so cool. Yeah, Juice is Juice was awesome. He was a, a legend. Will always be a legend. Yeah, before we get into in, into your stuff, just just since we're on that, um, like, did you hear rumblings about him coming up before he he blew up? Just being in the Chicago area, did you ever get a chance to see him locally? Juice, nah, he uh, he was from a couple towns over though. He's from uh, Homewood, from what I understand. And I did have some friends that you know had friends that knew him growing up uh, as kids. And unfortunately, that's as far as my connection as a local would go i would have loved to have known that man and unfortunately i didn't really get into juice world's music until after he passed it's really unfortunate and i uh, i took a couple of deep dives into his music and i think somebody then broke the news to me i was like wow this guy that i've been jamming for maybe a month or so i find out that he's dead and i'm like wow i didn't even know that that's and he and he's a new rapper. You know, when did he blow up in 2019? 2018? 20, I think it was 2018 was was when Lucid Dreams came out. Um, mm -hmm. Goodbye, Goodbye and Good Riddance, that record. Um, and yeah, like you, I I I didn't I didn't really get into his music until after he passed. Actually, it was my my therapist who put me on to him, man. Shout out to my therapist who's also named John. Uh, he's a big hip hop fan. He was like, you know, man, with like your anxiety issues and stuff. He's like, I really think you should check out Juice World. I was like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, for sure. And uh, so cool. yeah, man, he's, you know, he's, he's a really awesome human being who's helped me through a lot of stuff. And I'm not ashamed to talk about it. You know, as I've been doing this podcast the last couple of years, 
you you think about how deep should you go on things and i i never make it about me i i just relate to the guests on the show it's always about the guests you know what i mean but um Absolutely. but it, it was a, it was a challenging end uh, uh, to 2019 just some of the stuff that i went through and um john has been a guy that's really helped me through a lot and uh and yeah that was one of the the things that came out of it too was was just juice's music man so i just became like a diehard and it was just i, I watched the documentary on hbo and was just uh it, it was it made me really sad, man, just to see how how you know he he self medicated with the perks and mm-hmm. lean and all that stuff, uh, and uh, it, it just he was such a talented kid, and it, it just you know, I, and I know we've we've talked about anxiety, you know, uh, the last time you were on the show a little bit too, man, and it's like everybody has demons, you never know what people are going through, and it just it was sad to see him, you know, struggle with it in a way that. Uh, you know, really, really was a detriment, obviously, you know what I mean? Because his music was so powerful and touched so many people. And so it's kind of one of those, one of those things where it was like, he touched the world, you know, and and reached millions of kids and helped all these kids. And unfortunately didn't get to live to see just that impact, but it's really cool that his, his mom uh, and and his team is still carrying on his legacy, you know? Uh, So anyway, man, yeah. RIP juice world. RIP juice world. But for you, man, um, you know, we talked about a little bit just being from Chicago. Uh, th- there's obviously been a lot of Chicago music in, in music history. You know, obviously we were just talking about Juice, but, uh, you know, the last time you were on the podcast, we were talking about the local scene and stuff. And, you know, as I mentioned at the jump, as we were getting going here, uh, Temples US, you know, you guys putting out stuff, or at least for the listeners, it's Temples US on uh, on Spotify. Um, you guys put out some music last year and, and it was, it was dope to talk about that, but you're doing a lot of really cool production work this year too, man, with 315 audio and media produced by 315. So let's just start off, man. It, it, it'd be in the end of January. How's your 2023 starting off? And, and, you know, what are your, your new year's resolutions this year, man? 2023 has started off very busy. Um, even into the day of 2023, entering into the new year, I was up all night just writing some beats. And, uh, and that kind of set what I think would be the tone for what will be the remainder of my year is just going to be working on uh, beats, hopefully, you know, keep doing that. It's a new endeavor, working on uh, hip hop, as like a fan of hip hop, my whole life. It's nice to take the opportunity to start writing things now that I feel like, I don't, I don't know. I've been working on music as an audio engineer for about five years now, but as you know, most of my stuff has been metal, you know, Temples US and uh, various other projects, um, all Chicago or Illinois. It's all writing metal and recording metal. So I would get most of my knowledge working with engineers doing metal and like hard rock so doing that for about five years now uh professionally myself i say professionally but doing it myself nonetheless it's interesting going from that kind of mind state working on that dynamic of music going to hip-hop and it's just a really cool new dynamic and i picked up on it really quick and i love doing it so new year's coming in strong with some cool resolutions being stay busy and keep doing commission work for artists and pick up my guitar more because 
it might be funny, but I haven't really like jammed on my guitar, like a good jam session in maybe a couple months. And to me, oh, really? yeah, to me, it's a little sad that I kind of put it down to pick up something else for the time being, but I want to get back to just jamming. If, if not anything on guitar, just jamming. You know for I mean? sure, man. Yeah, I mean, it, and and for people who don't know, yeah, you're you're a really talented guitarist, and um, you know, even on Temples US, both of you guys sing right on that, yes, like vocally, yeah. So I mean, musically inclined for sure, man, would would be an understatement. But talking about the hip hop stuff, I mean, you know, obviously I'm I'm a hip hop fan too. Metal is is definitely my favorite. That's that's the music that speaks to me the most. But my love for hip hop is is growing a lot more in you know 20s was really when it started, and especially now into my 30s, getting into my mid 30s. John, I'm getting old, man. <laughs> uh, but what what led to that transition, man? Because I started to see more of the beat stuff towards the end of 2022. And then I remember you and I exchanging some DMs and stuff, and you kind of talking about getting into more of that stuff. So when did that transition start or, you know, really that endeavor to to want to go into hip hop and, and more of the rap beats? It's kind of funny how it how I think it worked out um, with uh, my good buddy, Charlie Mike, going on years of knowing this guy, another killer producer, musician from Chicago that you and, and the people listening probably already know Charlie Mike. He's the man that got me into producing hip hop because anytime I'd go over to his studio, it's what he was doing and just working on Charlie Mike. So I would watch him. Uh, I would go over to his studio to start working on temples, you know, and he'd be working on Charlie Mike and I would watch him on Logic, just producing beats. And in our free time, he'd be, you know, producing beats and mixing his own hip hop stuff. And I'd watch him and I'd pick up on some of these key things. And I'm like, wow, that looks really fun. That looks like something that I would enjoy doing. And so like through proxy of of him kind of showing me how to do it through him just doing his thing, I picked up on it. And before I knew it, I was downloading some sample packs and just trying out different kicks and snares. And it hasn't even been... I don't know. It's been about a year and a half of writing beats, maybe not even a full year and a half, but it really did start with just being around people like Michael. And through the year and a half, I'm just around more and more people around hip hop. Less than less than metal these days, unfortunately, but I'm sure I'll pick that back up. Yeah. Shout out Charlie Mike, man, for people who aren't aware, he's he's uh, a hell of a rapper, but also can really do the metal vocals very well for, for people who aren't aware. He, he does temples with John and uh, you guys put out some, some awesome music under, under the temples, uh, you know, the temples U S format on uh, Spotify and streaming platforms, dude. But, uh, but yeah, dude, I've I listened to his rap, his rap stuff and it's, it's awesome. And you did, um, you guys have done music videos too together, right? Yeah, that's uh, I should uh, totally add that in there for my inspiration. I got to shoot his music videos for him and like watch what a hip hop personality would be on camera. And I'm like, wow, he nails this. And it showed me a cool medium of the hip hop energy, I suppose. And I picked up on it. Yeah, because uh, the one of the videos, um, the name of the song is escaping me right now. But uh, I think we talked about on the last show, you guys were down right on the on Lake Michigan 
with the Chicago skyline right in the back. That was pretty dope. Like, and even, even the way the video came out, it was like kind of like almost gloomy. It went really well with the music, man. Yeah, that was a, yeah, that was a cool day. I remember we were talking about that and I just want to reiterate how cold it was that day and (laughs) how much, uh, myself, uh, Charlie and our photographer that came out there. Anytime we talk about that day, it's just like, it sends shivers down our spines just thinking about it. Cause we're out there for a couple hours getting some film and then just huddling back into the car to just warm up and then, you know, warm up for 10 minutes and then go back out and just stand in the cold for another 45 minutes. But it turned, yeah, it turned out really cool. It was gloomy and that was kind of the weather working with us on that one. It, It worked out in our favor. For sure, man. Chicago is an awesome city, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the, the winters I've, I've actually only ever been there in the summertime. You know, um, and Toledo, the weather's not so dis- like too dissimilar from Chicago. I mean, it's only four hours away, and and Toledo's right off of Lake Erie, so you get the lake effect snow, and mm-hmm. the winters are uh, pretty pretty gnarly in Toledo, man. It's the one thing I miss <laughs> about my hometown. Um, but the Midwest, man, Chicago is such a great food and music and culture city in general. Like it truly is a cultural melting pot. Like even as a kid, man, I, the first time I went there, I was seven years old. And it was right after Michael Jordan came back to the Bulls in 1995. And uh, I was a huge Jordan stand, like just huge. I remember my my mom and my dad went, I think, earlier in the year. I don't know if they were there for St. Patty's Day weekend, but she came back with I'm back 45 shirts. I wore the hell out of that shirt when I was a kid. So then to go That's to Chicago so cool. back when, uh, I don't know if it's still there, but you know Michael Jordan's restaurant. And I remember there was this huge mural of him like floating through space. And I just, you know, when you're a little kid, it just, it was literally, I mean, he's larger than life anyway. I mean, the dude transcended basketball and the sneaker game and everything it is comes from MJ, but, uh, but oh, yeah, I, I just remember going there as a kid, it's at seven years old. And then we went again, two years later when I was nine and we saw the Chicago air show and my brother loved that because he became a pilot. Um, and, and, and is a commercial pilot, he's one of the, the few people I know on a personal level and just in my circle, who's, who's doing what he loves to do for a living. And it's, it's really awesome that he's my brother and doing that shout out, Greg. But, uh, but yeah, I love Chicago, man. I love Chicago. So yeah, anytime I can connect with people from the Midwest, it's awesome. But yeah, I mean, being recent to, to these beats and stuff though, man, you're really expanding out because I know recently, and we, we were talking about it before the jump a little bit messaging about it rather on Instagram is that you were recently in, in Omaha as well. Right. Yes, I was uh, last weekend. How was that, man? Oh, uh, it was cool. It was uh, uh, it was like a movie going out there. Is a really good weekend. Um, the Omaha music scene, man, they're uh, they're their own breed of people, and I mean that in like the best way, in like the most family oriented way, coming from the Chicago music scene. And you know, I've known like some people from Omaha as as in the music scene and there's always similarities between us because we're all just fellow creatives trying to do the same thing at the end of the day we're just from different places you know what i mean but going down there seven hour drive straight line across route 80 just going across iowa in a big straight line i wish i could say you know i was like yeah i drove out to nebraska and i checked out iowa Unfortunately, I didn't check out any of Iowa because it was a blank slate the whole drive. So missed Iowa a little bit. But Omaha, man, downtown Omaha and West Omaha 
is where we stayed at. It's a cool place. There's there's a lot of cool food out there. There's a cool energy. I wish I could have been out there longer than just a weekend. But the reason I went out to Omaha was because so a buddy of mine named Kyle Hart from Omaha from the band Escaping the Eclipse sends me the info on this dope contest called The Network by the good people of Nice Enough Entertainment and says, hey, this contest is going to be great for people like you and producers that want to get out there. So what it is, is it's as many producers as they can get are going to come in and submit a beat that will then be chosen by the public via likes on YouTube. One like was one vote. And 30 producers from mainly Omaha, myself, Chicago, and a few other people from around the country submitted their beats. And I said, yeah, why not? That sounds like a great idea. So I chose a demo on my SoundCloud and I updated the mix a little bit and then I submitted it. And then all of my closest friends and family kind of came through for me and cast in a large amount of votes. So I ended up going to Omaha for the weekend and I earned a place in the next round of the competition, which is great. And now the good people of Nice Enough Entertainment are bringing in six rappers from across the country to participate in the verse challenge. And from here on out, it's out of my hands. The rapper will kill it. He'll, I'm telling myself, you know, he's going to kill it, but it's out of my hands at this point. I get to sit back and, and watch what he does, what they do. Dude, that's awesome. That's really cool, man. Congrats on that. Thank you. Thank you. It's a it's an uh, unique placement that kind of came out of a buddy just sending me a message on on Messenger, word of mouth, and it put me in Omaha. It's pretty cool to think about it. Yeah, man. I feel like some of the best stuff that happens in life is like that. It's just happenstance and chance and somebody reaching out to you or you reaching out, right? I mean, you miss miss yeah. 100% of the shots you don't take. And, and sometimes sometimes the universe gives you an alley-oop, you know, it's like, here you go, man. You know, this is yours if you want to run with it. So I think that's really, really dope that you submitted it. Did you have like a couple of beats in mind or, or, was, or was there one where you're like, this is this is the, the home run beat that I really want to send in? It was uh, uh, from when he sent me the message with the info for the contest. There was about a week delay from him sending me that to me submitting the beat so that week i'm like do i write a new beat do i wait until i see what some of these other producers that are commenting on social media say and i check out some of their stuff and i think what kind of beats they're gonna do because like genre wise i didn't know where to start i i didn't know like in my beat catalog of you know 60 or so beats like what would even work i don't know so I was thinking like, what's a beat that would be applicable to more people than others? So I tried to be less niche and approach it very objectively. And I came across my beat um, called The Lion King and I'm a Leo. So I saw Lion <laughs> King and I was listening to it and I said, there's something about it. I'm listening to it and it seems pretty, pretty good. And the lion thing, I'm like, it's just got to be. So I chose that one and I submitted it. I I ended up uh, updating the mix because I had wrote that, that beat maybe five months ago or six months ago. 
And this is all, are you using Logic, you said, to do all this? Um, I'm actually using Studio One. Uh, okay. Sony Studio One 6 Pro. Six okay. Just, just came out and I'm loving it. Good doll, honestly. Yeah. So how, how different is that interface, man, compared to recording guitar and, and vocals like for, for metal? I mean, obviously two completely different musical genres, right? But from like a software perspective, you know, from an engineering standpoint for kids out there listening to this who are, who are wanting to get into this. I mean, for you just being a musician and, and, you know, playing the guitar for so long, being a vocalist, like you mentioned, you picked up on it pretty quickly. So is, is the software pretty similar to, to what you, you use to record guitar demos and things like that? I use the same digital audio workstation that I use for metal. Honestly, it wasn't much of a change in, uh, it was no change in hardware as far as the the genre hopping goes in production, but I did get a couple new softwares. But again, there's there's some digital audio workstations out there like Pro Tools and Logic or Reaper or Studio One, for instance, that they give you a lot of these really great stock plugins that are almost plug and play that fit to most genres. So as far as like switching, I did get a subscription to Slate Digital, not a sponsor, but I will say you need that all access pass because it is everything you will ever need as a producer, no matter what genre. But I get some of these new plugins and softwares that'll fit, you know, various styles that I'm going for in regards to, to a beat. If it's like an older school style beat, then I went ahead and I, I know that Slate has like a tape machine plugin VST. So I download something like that. And at the end of the day, you know, the plugins that you use don't make as much of a difference as the quality and precise editing that you do. And, and it all comes down to your fundamental EQ and multiband compressors and then a limiter. You know, there's a lot in between those three things. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're all pushing music out to hit zero dB and negative 14 luffs and sound good on our phones and on a TV. You know, we're all mastering things the same way. But as far as your digital audio workstation or your software goes, nowadays you can't go wrong with almost anything with stock plugins. It's it's great because the playing field is very level for entry-level musicians, starting with almost any DAW. You have everything you'll ever need, like right there, 2023. That's crazy, man. Yeah, it's crazy. And, it, and it's cool, you know, when, when you think about, especially just me, like I said, the, the last, I would say 10 years or so, and especially the last five, I would say, listening to, I probably listened to more, more hip hop in the last five years than I had, you know, most of my life. Um, the, the stuff that really got me into hip hop was like the old school stuff, you know, the stuff from the early nineties, mid nineties, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, 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 boom bap and 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 when you look at that era rap in the early 90s and stuff too it's cool because there's a lot of jazz influence you know what i mean and sampling and you know digging through crates and and finding like really unique samples and different records and stuff and like like gang stars uh you know i I love guru and premiere i mean to me to me that's one of the greatest i always try to shout them out on on any podcast where i talk about rap because i feel like especially a lot of a lot of younger people listening to this maybe aren't as aware of of that era of hip hop as much, you know, outside of like obviously, you know, Biggie and Snoop, oh, yeah. you know, Tupac and but uh but man, like 
DJ Premier, man, if especially people from from a beats perspective, y'all listen to this. If you if you love hip hop, definitely you know stay up on DJ Premier because that dude is an absolute legend. But oh yeah, Macklemore, uh, off top of my head, um, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, DJ Premier, 1966. He's one of those old heads that just knows the sound because he was there before it. You know what I mean? And yeah, he'll be here, and he'll be here after it, like Eminem, for instance. Yeah, there, there, there were just so many there. That era to me, I, I think it really laid the foundation for for so much of hip hop. And it's, um, oh, yeah, I really yeah. got into it too, man, because of the the storytelling aspect of it. Like, I mean, guitar is always the instrument that that I hear first, especially as a metalhead. Like, that's just something that I gravitate to. For some people, it's drums or the rhythm section you know, uh, vocals for me, it was, it was always guitar ever since I was a kid. And, um, with, with hip hop though, I, I just, I really appreciate the storytelling aspect of it because some of my, my favorite lyricists in metal, you know, guys like Jesse Leach, you know, Howard Jones, you know, mm-hmm. really, you know, both, you know, kill switch engage connected. Obviously Jesse Leach is the current vocalist and Howard Jones was in KSE for a little bit. Um, but I, you know, guys like that, I love. I love Miles Kennedy from from Alter Bridge. I've always loved James Hetfield. You oh, know, yeah. um, there's 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 a darkness there, but there's also really really powerful lyrics um, with Metallica stuff. So, getting into hip hop over the last decade or so, and like I said, especially the last five years, that's really it's really what drew me into a lot of the early '90s stuff and the '90s stuff in general, um, and even like the the late '80s era of hip hop is just there were so many awesome lyricists and and they're great storytellers. You know what I mean? Like Biggie, you know, just his songs are just I- I- iconic. I mean, Juicy to me is one of the top. I mean, I don't know what nobody wants to hear me pontificate probably more about hip hop, but I mean, like I like Juicy to me has got to be one. Of, it's got to be on the Mount Rushmore of like top hip hop songs, top rap no, songs ever. No doubt. You know? No doubt. <laughs> But yeah, man, so it's it's cool to hear from an engineering standpoint that, like you said, people who want to get into this now, there's a lot at their fingertips, you know? Um, oh, yeah. More than there's ever been. So for you, is that overwhelming, John? Or is it just because you're such an audiophile, is it fun to play around, like you said, with these plugins and see what you can do with them? Uh, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't a rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> so you'll get lost from time to time to time you won't know where you're going necessarily with like an idea that might pop up into your head you might not know how to execute and there might be a frequency in the song that you're like trying to pinpoint in that eq but you just can't find it so you're like well maybe i need a dynamic eq or maybe i need to multi-band compress this out or do i need to just trim this out a little bit it's a rabbit hole so sometimes it does get overwhelming i'll I'll drink to that. I'll drink some monster to that. <laughs> are there while you're while you're taking a sip, are there any principles from what you've learned recording, you know, metal and heavier music over the years that you feel like translate at all to to the hip hop realm in terms of mixing and mastering and things like that? I will totally say yes. Um there's like symbols, you like to pan symbols a little bit so you can get a stereo effect from cymbals more than you would in a kick drum and that translates both genres for sure and tactics like side chaining your kick to your bass is a practice that is new to metal but it comes from hip-hop and it's just another one of these cool 
transfers of technique that I feel like there's a lot of ways that you can learn from one or the other going into one or the other vice versa and there's a lot of things that go hand in hand for sure there's things that are different but there's always going to be small similarities it's like going from a digital audio workstation to adobe premiere you know it's kind of you're still working on a grid there's a couple similarities if you're lucky there's more than a few similarities but there's going to be differences too yeah, and for you, man, who are some some of the people that you that you link up or that you rather look up to as far as inspiration wise? I I'm probably going to butcher the name, so definitely correct me. But is it Mastodon Undervaten? Am I saying that right? Did I get that close at all? Yeah, close enough. I you know <laughs> I'm going to try and pronounce it the best way I can, but I've never heard someone say this album out loud. But I think it's Mastodon Undervaten or okay. Undervaten for all I know. Uh, that's uh, from the band Viljarta or Viltiarta, how they pronounce it. So I don't, there's a lot of different ways people want to communicate how to say band names in different languages, but most people say Viljarta from what I've heard. And Mastadin Undervaten, we're going to say, such a good album. I think I brought it up the last time you and I were talking, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Does that sound familiar to you? That one didn't. That one wasn't uh, ringing a bell, but um, but no. Now now I definitely want to want to check it out because I mean one of the things that I wrote down as both of us were were prepping to do this is that this is you say this is why you'll always be a perfectionist. Is this is this piece of music right? Absolutely. So what so what about it do you love, man? Like what what about it? I know it's I know sometimes it's weird to talk about the things that inspire you or just hit you on a soul level because it's like, well, why does anybody like anything, right? But I mean musically, how does it speak to you? Uh Viljarda's Mastadin Undervaten um came out in 2021. Now with this band, I've been a fan of theirs since 2011. These guys are from Sweden and they blew up out here through reddit and the gent community rising at the fertile time of 2010 and 11 you know on the forums so these guys started doing this genre called thal which is a you know a branch of a branch of music uh just a very aggressive progressive gent metalcore you know there's a million different subgenres for this type of stuff and mustad and Undervaten is its own genre i will say and it's the reason why I'm I'm always going to be a perfectionist because that album to me is flawless from every transition to every note played. There's not a frequency out of place. There's not a lot of albums that I feel like people can say that about. You know what I mean? The That album, honestly, when it came out, it made me tear up a little bit even because I waited eight years for it. It had been eight years since their last album. They just had a long hiatus after a great album and it comes out and it's great and that's an understatement it hurt a little even when i was listening to it because it taught me that lesson it taught me that the word perfect is relative because in our lives we've called countless things perfect and sometimes we've even meant it like you go to a bar and you're just so hungry you get this big juicy burger take a bite out of it you're like, man, this thing is perfect. And you mean it, yeah, right? Like you mean it. You're just like, this is the most perfect moment in my life right now, <laughs> for instance. But uh, 
we've called multiple things perfect in our lives and we've meant it. And that album further proved to me that as an entertainer in today's day and age, there's no more excuses not to be perfect as dark or discouraging as that sounds. And that's why it kind of discouraged me listening to that album. Cause I was like, wow, you can be perfect. It's, it's possible as a musician, you can be perfect because this is perfect. And it made me think, you know, the playing field has never been more level for people to be professional artists. We have access to everything from affordable distribution to advertising right in front of the masses, right on our phones. The work is cut out for everyone. And it's just a matter of how much time you're willing to sink into it. And for me, it's not a choice. I'm unfortunately addicted to being creative. So I'll forever be funneling money into my endeavors and enjoying every step of it and never settling for anything less than my best and what would be quote unquote perfect, which is hypocritical to say perfect coming from an artist because I can also say I'm never happy with, never 100% happy with almost anything I've ever put out. So it's two principles that clash in and this artist's head, but that album like changed me as a person and as a musician. That's dope, man. Yeah. I, I you know, I, I think you share that sentiment too, with, with a lot of artists out there, you hear about just constantly working on songs, working on ideas, you know, to, to the point where it's like, you almost overworked it. And then like you said, when it comes out, it's like, Oh, I, I still could have done this or I could have done that. Yeah. You know, but then I've also heard musicians like like Dave Grohl say, you know, part of the reason he loves those older records is because you can hear the the imperfections on them. You know what I mean? Um, you know, where where somebody's just playing in a room and it, it, you know it picks up something that now maybe would be filtered out. So, but it's but to me, man, that's what music's all about, right? We all have those records that we would put in a time capsule for people three thousand years from now and say this this is the music that meant the most <laughs> to me, and and I want people. To hear it, I want people in another galaxy to hear this. Oh yeah! Hopefully, they connect with it. So it's really cool to hear that it that it moved you that much in an emotional way because that's what music is for me. I mean, I'm not a musician, but music music has always been something that uh, that has moved me ever since I was a little kid. Like some of my first memories are listening to Tom Petty in in the living room with my dad. That's why Free Fallen is still one of my favorite songs ever. That's you know. Cool. Uh, uh, and that's not super complex guitar or anything, but it's just such a beautiful song lyrically and emotionally, man. So, you know, um, it, it's it's cool to hear that that you connected with with music like that that uh, really hits you at a level where you're like, man, like this this makes me want to step my game up. You know, this makes me this makes me want to chase that. You know that level of like you said perfection you know in, in what i do and i think that's that's really what it's all about there's always people in every in every creative avenue whether it's painting drawing music film right i mean that's the the, the directors that we have in movies now you know they, they exist because they grew up watching movies and certain directors the musicians that we have right now like yourself are around because you guys get inspired you know what i mean so that's what it's all about man you know it's 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 putting out art that you love but you you inevitably hope that it inspires the next generation so it's really cool to hear that it had such a profound effect on you man absolutely that's a very good interpretation of that as well um i want to ask you if you could say or think of an album 
that you would consider perfect? And that's a lot to ask somebody on the spot. I know that. But do you have an album to, off top of your head that is just sonically perfect? Man, sonically perfect. Um, I don't, so, so the, here's how I'll answer it. Cause there's, I definitely have records that I would put in a time capsule as far as like my favorites ever. Um, I, I could answer it from a fan of music perspective and as like on, on an emotional level records that hit me. Yeah. The first, the first two that came to mind for me were 10 from Pearl Jam and um, Blackbird from, from Alter Bridge. Those are two records that whenever I listen to them, I listen to them front to back. So that, that would be my, like you said, perfect is, I guess you could say it's one of those terms that, um, you know, there's, you know, people have different definitions of it. Or like you say, you know, you might be sitting at a bar and you're, because you're so starving, you're just like, oh my God, this greasy cheeseburger is perfect. But in reality, it's like, maybe it's just because you're really hungry. But I will say, I remember the day I went and got Blackbird when it came out. I was a sophomore in college at the University of Toledo. And I remember going in between classes to go pick up that record at Best Buy uh, back when they still sold CDs, man. Yeah, shout out uh, to old school Best Buy, honestly. Yeah, man. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I, and, and, and they used to do the, uh, you know, the bonus track versions and stuff too. So that's why I would always get it. But, but Blackbird from Alter Bridge is, is a perfect record for me. Um, they've worked with, um, Elvis Basquiat, I think for all their stuff. Um, that's the producer that they've used. And in fact, I think Mark Tremonti and Miles Kennedy have used him as well for their own solo projects outside of Alter Bridge. And I, Again, I can't speak it from um, from a producer's perspective like yourself, but sonically, when I listen to it, those records, some of my favorite riffs, some of uh, Blackbird, the solo in Blackbird, there's two of them. Miles Kennedy does one and Mark Tremonti does one on the title track. And you can hear their, like, their soul, like how they play guitar in it. They come from different, you know, Mark is more metal. Miles is more like, you know, jazz and kind of that type of, you know, that type of vibe like bluesy almost and um it's 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 an amazing it's an amazing hard rock song i i um i don't know i don't know if rolling stone or any of the publications i think a few of them may have ranked you know guitar solos and stuff and i want to say um marks was was in like whatever their best solos ever i could be wrong on that you guys can fact check me when this comes out um but yeah and then and then 10 man pearl jam um oh yeah dude pearl that, jam that's another record that that i i can listen to front to back there's some really raw emotional moments uh, on that from eddie vetter and that's one of my favorite things about him as a vocalist um and i would say that's a thing that i i i feel like is a common thread between the different musicians uh that i listen to or really i should say vocalists is is just what they like Jonathan Davis when he sings, I don't know if you've ever mm -hmm. seen corn live, but like that dude, oh, yeah. I, I I've never seen, I've never seen a live clip and I I've seen corn live twice myself. Wow, um, nice. most, most recently in 2019 when they did a co-headlining tour with Allison chains. Wow. And, um, cool. yeah, dude, it was, it was, it was dope. Um, I saw them last summer. Yeah. I mean, he, you, and you tell, you tell me if you agree with this, like, I've never seen him phone it in, man. Like sometimes you, you hear stories about artists like, you know, and, and 
you know, you're an artist yourself, you know, you, you've, by the time you've played that song for fans, you've already played it probably hundreds and hundreds of times. You did it in the studio, you recorded it, you recorded parts, right? You, so by the time records come out, the, the band itself or the artists themselves have already jammed that, uh, however, hundreds of times, right? <laughs> and I've never yeah. seen Jonathan Davis mailed in, man. He's just such an emotional dude. Um, oh, yeah. And and there's times where he like tears up, and that's that's what I love about him. Um, that's what I love about Jesse Leach from Killswitch. That's what I love about um, Eddie Vedder, man. And Ten to me, front to back, especially release one of my favorite songs from Pearl Jam ever. Um, you know, oh dear dad, can you see me now? I am myself, like you somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. I, like at the end, he goes from saying, I'll hold the pain, release me to, to the end of the song. He says, I'll open up, release to me or, or, or I'll open up, release me. And, and to me that, that song is, is a, is a, is a beautiful song. So that's a, it's a long answer to your question, but, um, but no, I would good, say, yeah. I would say those are the two records to me that, that right off the bat came to mind where, where Blackbird from Alter Bridge and 10 from Pearl Jam, two of my favorite albums ever. I'll be listening to those when I'm 75 years old. <laughs> I love it. I need to listen to Alter Bridge more, but you mentioned Michael Basquette. He did Chevelle's uh, one or two of their albums, I want to say. And I had heard him around then, and I know he did Story of the Year, I think in like 2011, uh, around there or so. Michael Basquette, man, he's one of those producers out there that is just killing it. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I think he's, I think he's done all of alter bridges work um if he didn't if he didn't do one day remains he's done everything after that um but i'm pretty sure he did the first record too but yeah they've been they've he he's basically like another member of that band i know they love working with him and um sonically i really love i really love the progression of of alter bridge and and their sound man um i i mean i just I don't know. I'm, there's certain bands that you stand. I'm actually going to see them in a couple of days here in uh, in Nashville at oh, the nice. Ryman. And the Ryman's like an intimate 2300 seat venue. They call it the Mother Church. It's such a such an awesome place to see a show. I haven't been there for a show in, gosh, almost six years. I saw Mastodon there and it was amazing. Um, but yeah, man, for people out there, especially if you're into production, listen to this. Um, and you probably are because because John's a producer as well. But uh Michael Elvis Basquette, man, heck of a producer. That is definitely correct. And uh, you brought up corn. Um, and I had noticed something last week. I don't know if you saw the Sick New World Festival that's getting put on. Bunch of big artists, uh, Chevelle, Turnstile, Corn, and Deftones, and System of a Down. The Sick New World Festival in Las Vegas is taking place in May. And I noticed something really cool about the lineup. Corn is playing with the band Ministry, and there's an old interview of Jonathan Davis from like 1993 of him talking about how much he looked up to Ministry growing up, that they were like one of his more listened to and more inspired by bands. And to think in 2023, Jonathan Davis is playing a, a big festival with them. And for all I know, they've probably played together in the past. Off top of my head, I'm not sure. But I just saw those two names together, and I'm like, good for him. You know he's stoked about that. That's like me getting to play with Tesseract, you know. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's dope. That's that's a really cool cool thing to bring up. Um, I actually did a, a show, sh- not so shameless plug, uh, but shout out Cassidy Ratliff. Um, 
he came on the show, my, uh, my big brother, that's his cousin on his mom's side. And he's a big fan of new metal. So we just had an episode where we just geeked out about new metal and it was the timing of it was right around when they announced the sick new world fest. And yeah, if you love new metal and I know that term, some people don't like it. Some bands don't like it, but I think, you know, it's, it's the media labels things. It was a term that came out around the nineties when, when corn and, you know, started in cold chamber bands started, started popping off. But, um, mm-hmm. but if you're a fan of, of those, those bands and that like that era of music i think incubus is on that as well yes they um, are yeah yeah um, um, Loathe, alien ant farm i don't know if you'd ever consider alien ant farm new metal but they were sure around that era you know is papa roach on that too are they playing uh, that show? yes they are i think they're in there yeah i mean it's it's basically everybody um, and I think it's sold out. Like, I don't, I think you can get on a wait list maybe, but, um, but I was like, man, that would be so gnarly to go to. And it's, uh, it's sold out. Yeah. And deaf, deaf tones is, is there, right? Yes, they uh, are. Yeah. I gotta believe it's sold out a festival like this. If it wasn't, you know, kind of across the country for me, I'd want to go out to a fest like this. Cause it's huge. I'm sure it, it's probably, if not sold out, it's going to be sold out quick. Yeah. So while we're on corn, man, what are what are you just off the dome? What are your some of your favorite corn songs? Because you play six and seven string, right? Yeah, I play some six, some seven, and some eight uh, myself. Oh, you've um, gotten into the eight strings, all right, man. Oh yeah, I've been playing eight strings since I was maybe thirteen years old. Dude, My that's mom. Sick. <laughs> uh, I don't know. You can, you probably can't see it, but for the people watching on this camera over here, you can see my eight string sitting back there. But uh, in terms of seven strings, Corn was out there doing that before a lot of people. You know, Steve Vai kind of pioneered that scene. But it wasn't until Corn and Limp Biscuit took it and ran with it and did their thing in the 90s. It had to have been issues for me. That album is another album that I'd call sonically perfect with a myriad of flaws that are just beautiful flaws. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's that album, uh, Trash, great song, Falling Away From Me is classic. You know, Beg For Me, Make Me Bad. Front to back, I could just say every song from that album. They're self-titled. And uh, what was that other one? Uh, Follow The Leader. follow, Follow The Leader. Just great work in the 90s. Just really laying it down. And Life is Peachy, that album, that's what I was trying to think of. The one that I connected with a lot was um, Untouchables. It came out in 2002. Oh, yeah, and yeah, Jonathan, yeah. Jonathan Davis has talked about uh, how they recorded that. And I think they're one of the first bands, if not the first band at the time, whatever recording they did. And he said it was, I, I think it was their most expensive record to make. But I, he said that is one that... Um, I don't know if he said it's his favorite. I don't want to misspeak, but I know he said it's like up there for him in terms of some of his favorite stuff from Corn, just because of the recording and what they did. But um, uh, and actually, is it Aaron Paul from uh, Breaking Bad? I think that was one of his first breaks in Hollywood. Um, was uh, the music video? Gosh, that single. Oh, why is the name of the song uh, Thoughtless? The song Thoughtless. Right. Um, he was in the music video for that, and I think that was one of his one of his first like breaks in uh, in L.A. and Hollywood was the thoughtless music video for Corn. 
uh, which was uh, which was really kind of a dope concept. He's like getting bullied, and then at the end of the the music video, he kind of like gets gets back at everybody. It's pretty pretty sick. But uh, yeah, and now he's just a massive actor. Just yeah. no, yeah, he didn't go to school for acting, but he's just one of those people that you know he was in the corn music video, and then as a as a growing emerging actor, he just gets a huge role for Breaking Bad, and just is one of the most sought after. That's a big, big way to put it. I don't know if he's sought after. I haven't seen any other movies with him. Have you? Um, I he's he's been in a he's been in several things. Um, and I think I think he may have even gone into um, um, gone into business on like I don't know if it's like tequila or uh, vodka, but him and uh, Brian Cranston I think are are partners in in a venture, a business venture alcohol business venture outside of like acting and stuff i see it dos hombres mezcal it's the two of them that's really cool i didn't know that yeah man blame is blame (laughs) is one of my favorite actually not one of it is my favorite deep cut from corn to the listeners out there if you're corn fans the song blame on the untouchables record is so heavy some of my favorite vocal moments from jonathan davis um I, I I don't know that they've ever really played it live outside of the the launch show that they did for that album. Um, if they have, they haven't played it that much, and I think because it, it might be because it's it's a challenging one vocally because it's kind of got this rolling, consoling, controlling everything that goes this far. Like the chorus is very, it's almost like a rap chorus, and he I just don't know when he's ca- when he's able to really catch his breath during it, but. <laughs> blame so it is so john it is so heavy man like it is i mean uh i i can't even really compare it to anything but the the guitar riff in that the the main riff in that and the chorus riff is so so dope but i want to go back to uh issues because obviously like like you said you you hear things from from a producer's ears a musician when you mentioned the flaws like do you just mean production work compared to now maybe how something would be mixed and mastered like or just moments that were left in like that that you enjoyed like the flaws that were in there that were cool production wise um so let's see who who produced it because i love the mix on issues that is just well, chef's kiss as a producer perfect <laughs> that was brendan o'brien uh mm. mix wise perfect the flaws were just that you know it was it was some rock stars back in those days. They were still giving that kind of money to to people like that to make music like that and then kind of look the other way maybe when they would abuse alcohol, unfortunately, and go out on the road. But Jonathan Davis was always sober. I just want to say that when he was on the road, which is awesome. But coming from those kinds of uh, artists that have their vices like that, they get in a studio with someone like Brendan O'Brien Jonathan Davis's voice is, like you said, just so raw, like he'll be crying on stage because of how raw he's delivering that performance in that moment. And when he recorded on every album, he has that unique emotion that he'll, his voice might like crackle a little bit because he's like feeling that moment and it, it transcends what he's, what message he's trying to portray and no one does it like him. You know what I mean? Jonathan Davis is just up there. The he's a one of one, man. He's a one of one for sure. I like guys like him, you know, Lane Staley, 
uh, oh, from yeah. Allison Chains. I mean, you know, Kurt Cobain, all those guys are just really that whole that whole Seattle scene, man. Kurt Cobain, Eddie Vedder, you know, uh, I mean, Lane Staley, Chris Cornell. I mean, to me, oh, those yeah. guys are, I mean, it, it's just, and uh, even Andy Wood, um, I don't know if, I don't, have you seen the Pearl Jam 20 documentary? I know I'm standing a lot for Pearl Jam on this podcast, but I love them. Um, but it came out in uh, 2011 as a, as just a an audiophile and a music guy, man. I don't I don't know if you get into music docs, but it's it's well worth the watch. It came out in 2011, which is crazy because it's 12 years ago, and I remember getting it not long after it came out. But it was 20 years from when 10 came out, when they kind of blew up in '91 and came onto the scene. And it's just a cool retrospective of their career to that point. But a lot of people don't know about Mother Love Bone and, and Andy Wood. Um, Andrew Wood, who is who was really like kind of like I don't know if stars the right word, but he had just this larger than life personality and a hell of a voice in that scene. And it was a really tight knit scene in, in Seattle. Um, and he unfortunately died of a, a drug overdose. Uh, and and those guys were just starting to kind of break Mother Love Bone when that happened. So then Chris Cornell came together with the guys. That would end up being like in Pearl Jam and they did the uh, Temple of the Dog record, which is another one I would say, going back to your question a little bit ago, that's another record that I would say is one of my favorites of all time is Temple of the Dog. That was a tribute album to to Andy Wood. Um, but yeah, man, um, for people listening, go 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 back. If you love rock and roll and like early 90s and stuff, um, Mother Love Bone is, is sick. He, he had a great voice. I need to listen to more Mother Love Bone. Yeah, and that and that Temple of the Dog record. I don't know if you've uh, like Hunger Strike. Do you, are you familiar for that with that song? That was a big song off of that one. Chris Cornell and um, Eddie Vedder both do lyrics on it. Uh, Chester so Bennington cool. was uh, super tight with Chris Cornell. R.I.P. Um, mm-hmm. And they actually performed that live. I don't I don't know if they did it a few times, but there's there's some cool YouTube videos of of Chris Cornell and uh, Chester Bennington doing that as well man but wow. uh that's so i had no idea i need to watch that when, when i got some time yeah man well before we wrap it up john and thanks again so much for taking the time dude i really appreciate it some of the other things i wanted to touch on with you uh 315 audio and media for people who aren't aware that's that's your company where you do music videos and visuals you actually did a really sick um visual for me when i put out the first podcast playlist for for march 4th for my podcast i i put together i called it uh march 4th volume one mm-hmm. and it was uh, all the artists that i had had on my show from 2020 to 2021 basically the first kind of calendar year when i when i really was hitting the ground running with with march 4th man and um it was really cool shout out colton ramey bad mentality oh, yeah. uh he's he's blowing up and doing awesome things right now so for those of you out there who really love like pop pop punk and everything like Definitely check out his music, but Colton got us in touch, man. And um, he was like, yo, John is good people. I really think he's somebody you need to connect with, man. And he, I've worked with him and uh, his, his work is really sick. Um, Cause I think you worked with him. Was it on, uh, was it the visual for too late? I want to say you, you yeah. worked on with him. Yeah. I worked on that and, and uh, he was just asking for advice and I was so happy to help him because of his vibe and his attitude, just another hardworking musician so I got to lend a hand on uh, his earlier ventures into Bad Mentality, which you guys listening, you need to check out Bad Mentality. That's B-V-D for 
bad. And then mentality. Check it out. He's going to be popping off any day now. That's how it is. Yeah, I mean, but the work the work that you did on that was really sick. And and then and then what you did for me was really cool. You put together a couple of different versions depending on whether I was doing like an Instagram reel or I was doing something in my story. And it was great working with you, man. Like it was, you know, you you told me, hey, you know, give me give me a couple of uh couple of images, give me, give me some like video of yourself. And uh so I t- I t- did a couple of clips while I was recording a podcast. Um, cause my studio is just my dining room, man. Big, big journey start with small steps. And, uh, and yeah, dude, it came out awesome. It was great. And I think we actually, we used too late as, as the, as the music that kind of underlaid that clip, man, it was, it was sick, dude. But, uh, I think we did. Yeah. That rings a bell. I think we did do that. But yeah, um, talk to the people just about 315 audio and media and, and, um, is, do you go, do you do production by 315 or produced by 315? Um, I just go by prod by three one five. That's the Instagram handle. Okay. And then the, and then you have one for three one five audio and media, but but tell the people, John, just a little about about those ventures and the work you do with artists and, and what you got on deck for twenty twenty three with both of those. Yeah, absolutely. So with my company three one five audio and media, I plan to stay as busy as I have been and then some. I'm going to continue doing audio production work, video production work, like music videos, music reviews, as I have been for the last six years, and consultation for clientele. I love helping clients reach their goals, and I love participating in their respective growth. Like Colton Ramey is an excellent example of getting to see growth and participating in it. It just warms my heart, you know getting to see actual honest to God musicians out here doing their best and making something of it. And as far as music videos go, I will always, it'll always be a passion of mine. And I hope that I get more opportunities to do them in this year. Right now I have a couple talks of, of a couple people interested in doing them. And I'm like, let's lock it down. Let's lock it down. You'll, you won't regret it. You're going to love this music video, man. So I'm hoping to get a couple more this year for sure, because it's unfortunately I don't get to work on visual stuff as much as audio stuff being a musician for most of my life and and video stuff, you could say is a new endeavor as of the last two years or so, but I love expanding my visual media abilities and I love making advertisements because it's like if I can make ads that appeal to people like me with minds that are sporadic and hyper then i know i can make ads that appeal to anybody you know and uh through 315 in the last year and a half or so i developed a lot of connections and lasting friendships through the work that i do like you for instance you're a good buddy of mine now we're going a couple years into this friendship almost two years i i want to say year and a half or so um and another example, I, I got to work closely with Exit Midnight Media via commission work on things like proofreading or document organizing and film plan editing, music video editing, and even more. And they're one of the reasons why I've taken such a large leap as an amateur musician to a professional and busy content creator. Honestly, I hold dearly all my friends that have pushed me to be the best version of myself and to get to make friendships through an endeavor like 315 is 
is all that you can ask for in a world like this where you're just trying to do it yourself. Yeah, for sure, man. And and I, I appreciate the kind words and the sentiments, dude. Like I, I like coming into contact with Colton and, and then getting in touch with, with you via Colton. Like it, I really appreciate the work you, you did for me. And I'll just say, man, I'll, I'll give you i I'll give you a project and we can, we can lock it down, but I'm going to be putting together another playlist um, for, for the podcast. I'm going to do a volume two with, with everybody that I had on in 2022, including, you know, you and Charlie Mike are going to be on there, man. So I'm going to, I'm going to do some temples. I'm going to put a temple song on there and I'm I'm also going to put a, uh, a Charlie Mike hip hop song on there, man. But yeah, so I'm going to get back in touch with you so we can, we can do another visual and, and blow it out, man. But, uh, but yeah, um, man, that's, that's what's cool. And, 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 you know, like you said, man, I'll echo those sentiments with you, dude. Like you, you've always been a kind down to earth dude. Um, you know, speaking with you and Charlie, Mike, and, and, um, and even just staying in touch on Instagram, man, like I, I try to, uh, to like and share stuff from, from people that, that I've had on my show. Cause I'm so appreciative of coming on the show and it's cool when it goes beyond that. It's cool when you stay in touch with people and there's that mutual respect where people, you know, enjoy coming on the pod. Um, obviously I love having them on the pod, not just because I'm trying to put content out there, but because I want to put good conversations out there that people can relate to, especially with the, the, the theme of the show being perseverance and moving forward. So you know, for me, I'm kind of like an introverted extrovert, man. Like it's, um, it's hard coming out of my shell, but like when you do and you meet good people, you're like, oh yeah, that's why it's good to like get out of your cave every now and again, man. So right on. Know. That's, that's a warm sentiment to add. Yeah, man. It, you know, cause I do this all myself too. And so it's, it's cool when you connect with people, um, to connect with people online, there's so much, you know, negativity out there, but honestly, Instagram has been a really positive place for me, man. I've been able to connect with awesome people like you, Colton, you know, several other artists, man. So yeah, it'll, it'll be cool to meet in person one day, man. Oh, absolutely. Rather than later, man. Cause I, I love shy town. Like I really want to get back there. That'd be great if we could get together. It's got to happen and it will, I'm sure. Yeah, man. Whether I get up there, you come to, uh, come to Nashville, man, we'll make it happen. Um, but yeah, uh, and, and the other thing that I want to talk to you about uh, is uh, three fifteen, three one five day. So, did you do something last year for that, and you got got plans for this year? Oh yeah, three one five day. Uh, you know, the Ides of March, as they would say, the day Julius Caesar was killed. Um, the numbers three one five just echo for me in a weird way. It's just my my spiritual numbers, and that's just how that is. But three one five day is a holiday to me, and last year. I got the opportunity to do my first international music video with a good buddy named Fabian. Uh, you can look him up as F-V-B-V, or for start, F-V-B-I-V-N, my boy Fabian. And I got to do an inter- international music video with his song. And I got to work with a videographer by the name of Igor Dervenkar of Performer Point from Croatia. and. The song that Fabian wrote was featuring two Croatian artists that go by the name of One Mind, Dario and Martin. Awesome guys, Croatian artists that just have it going on out there on that side of the world. And I got this cool opportunity to do a video with them. And Igor took the videos for me based on a a film plan that I made up. And it turned out awesome. It was so well shot 
and the opportunity was so good for me because it just kind of fell into my lap and all I had to do was kind of put it all together this dope song with with these Croatian artists and this video package that this videographer sent to me and I got to push out this music video for 315 day last year and it was a big hit it was cool it was really fun and then I said man next year I got to try and top that so I've been like just trying to think and think and and I got busy over the last year and it's not even a full year yet to 315 day but it's coming up you know but I'm planning on uh, releasing 315 Audio and Media LLC and my respective website and my respective stores. I'm going to do an official launch for my company on 315 Day. 315 Audio and Media LLC will be born on the Ides of March. The annual holiday grows, and I couldn't be more excited for that. Dude, that's sick. Congrats, man. I, I mean, I, I love the month, month of March just because I'm a Pisces, too. My birthday is March 4th, so that's where the name of the, the podcast comes from. You know what that's I mean? That's so cool. I didn't know that. That's a cool piece of knowledge for the for the podcast. Yeah, man. I just, uh, you know, my my brother, uh, Brandon, shout out Brandon. It's actually, um, as we're recording this, it, it will his birthday will have passed, but he and my nephew share the same birthday. So happy birthday, you guys. I love you. Their birthday is tomorrow. Uh, January eighth as of recording this, but uh, but yeah, when I was getting back into it, man, like I was, I, I wanted to change it up because the show used to be called Bauman's Breakdown, and uh, that was the name of a column I had in high school, and the artwork had nothing to do with like I didn't know anything about like integration with like logos and things like that, and um, so then I started looking some stuff up on YouTube, and I was like, what do I, what am I gonna call the show when I when I get back into this? So I actually rebranded it in uh, 2019, and um, I was like, you know, I used to write about music. I used to do music features for Toledo Free Press. I had my Bauman's Breakdown podcast that I started all the way back in 2012. So I was like, how can I, how can I, getting back into this now when podcast is way more mainstream and almost, I mean, I don't want to say everybody has a podcast now, but there's, I think there's somewhere in the neighborhood of 4 million now, but. Wow. I digress. There was not as many back in 2012 when I started. So I was like, how can I come back into this and stand out and set myself apart? There's celebrities that have podcasts, there's musicians that have podcasts, there's, you know, directors, movie stars. How can, how can I, you know, come into this, this, this form with, with the, the love and, you know, that I have for music and just the passion that I have with connecting with people on a positive level. And I just thought, well, you know, my birthday's March 4th. What if I take the U out of it, out of, you know, like the spelling for fourth, you know, reference in the number four. What if I just take the U out of it and I just make it like March 4th and, and make it a personal mantra of perseverance and moving forward. And that can just kind of be like something that I deal with in my life with my anxiety and my OCD tendencies is persevering through that, not beating myself up. And maybe I can tie, may have that be like the tie-in and sort of the through line for for my show. Um, and, and another guy that inspired me for that too was, was, uh, Doc Coyle from Bad Wolves, who's, um, and I'm not saying to name drop, but he's been a guy that I connected with way back when my show was Bauman's Breakdown. And he made time for me back then, um, back when he was still in God forbid, I love the equilibrium record. So there's some awesome genty moments on that one, by the way, man, uh, for, for you and the listeners. Um, but that's, that's an awesome record is equilibrium from God for, from God forbid, but, uh, but yeah, he. I remember listening to one of his podcasts when he started his his show, The X Man with Doc Coyle, and he was talking about, 
how he wanted to come into the medium and sort of set himself apart. And I thought, yeah, that'd be great if I had a theme for my show and it was something that was personal for me and a a way to connect with people in a positive way. So yeah, that's, that's the, the skinny on March 4th and how it came about, you know, and then I just, I'm not a graphic designer or anything, but, um, uh, I, I found a, a service that I use to put together the, the logo and green is my favorite color. So, um, I, I tried to use something that would be visually appealing, but also kind of tie into the the theme of the podcast. So that's why that play button symbol is in the O for yeah. March. It's also like a forward yeah. arrow too, you know? So that's I like, kind of- yeah, your logo is very cool. I do very much like it. Yeah, thanks, man. And I didn't want to put my face on it or anything because I'm like, what well, you know, I, I wanted to like make sense and just be about like the the you know, be about the show and, and sort of the movement of it, you know, and and uh yeah, nice and simple. Buddy, uh, yeah, you got the play button. Tropic bombs too. I, I sent him because the first one was way more complicated looking than that. And he's like, dude, I'm just gonna be honest with you guys. Like, give me, give me your honest opinion. He's one of my favorite people in the world. The bumper music for March 4th, uh, the the intro and the close for the show is from the band Tropic Bombs. I love those dudes. If you're a fan of like reggae, hip hop, metalcore, you will love them because they put all of it into a blender and is dope. Um, but That's he cool. he was the one that um he was the one that uh that gave me some good feedback on that logo. But yeah, man. So I'm excited about 315 Day, the fact that you're you know gonna start an LLC and make it official official with the website and everything. That's cool, man. And and, and that's I think that's important to pass along to people too, John, because obviously, like you said, you have a lot of experience doing this work, not only as a musician, but working with other artists, doing music videos, doing audio production. Now you're doing hip hop beats and making waves with that, which is really cool. So I think, you know, when you have the uh, sort of a streamlined presence, you know, that's one thing I've tried to think about too, that you can put out there. So people who are interested in your work can have an easy place and sort of like a one-stop shop to go for all your stuff. Like for me, it's just a link tree right now, you know, shout out to whoever started link tree. Cause that's just a real easy way to have everybody go to my podcast, my podcast website, but I'm yeah, absolutely. I'm, and that's really, that's really cool that you're doing that. I appreciate that. And yeah, for real shout out link tree. Cause right now that's my website too. Yeah. Well, it is a cool, it's a cool place for people to come and, and get stuff, man. But um, I'll be looking forward to that. Well, John, before we wrap it up, man, thanks again so much for taking the time. It's always a pleasure talking with you, dude. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Um, the the other thing that I wanted to touch on with you is you got a new EP coming out. By the time people will listen to this, it'll be February. It'll, it'll already be out. But uh, January 31st, right, is, is when that's dropping. Yes, it is. That's a, a three-track mixtape um, under my uh, producer tag, Prod by 315 will be available on all platforms. It is uh, Tangent, Nextel, Freestyle, Volume 1. It's a three-track mixtape for all of your freestyle Roto needs. That's sick, man. Yeah, and Tangent, it's it's going to be spelled T-N-G-N-T, right? I'll make sure I have the links in the, in the podcast description, but... Yes, sir. Sweet, dude. Sweet. Well, yeah. Thanks for having me, man. It's really good talking to you again. You've always been such a real person to me, just a hardworking content creator out there. And I, I respect the hell out of you, man. I got to say. Likewise, John, this has been a lot of fun, man. Thank you again for being patient with the uh, with the audio issues on my end as far as just getting my equipment to, to, to work, man, because I hate being late. But uh, 
Definitely I stay in touch, brother. This has been a lot of fun, and uh, I genuinely appreciate the time, man. Hey, the same goes back to you, brother. Thanks for having me, man. You're welcome, man. Thank you. Alrighty-dighty, there you have it. That was my conversation with John Mark McKenna. Make sure you go follow my guy on Instagram at all of his socials to keep up with everything that he's doing creatively for his audio and film production company, 315 Audio and Media. Make sure you go follow them on Instagram at 315 Audio underscore Media for his production work and the beats that he's making and everything he's got cooking in that space. Follow at prod underscore by underscore 315 and for his heavy music project that he does with Charlie Mike, make sure you go follow at temples underscore US. The links to all of those will be in the podcast description for this episode. So just scroll down to the bottom of the podcast description, hit those links, and go follow and support my dude on Instagram because he's got a lot of things in the oven right now cooking, and I'm really, really excited for everything he's got in store for 2023. So John, I just want to say thanks again so much, dude, for taking the time to come back on the podcast and share more about your journey with the listeners and everything that you're working on. It is truly inspiring, man, honestly, to see somebody from the Midwest like myself with that humble, down-to-earth work ethic and personality go out there and do his thing and chase his dreams, to hear about that inspiring trip to Omaha, to hear about 315 Day and what you're doing with 315 Audio and Media. Like, I'm just stoked for you, man. And uh, you're, you're one of my favorite people that I've been able to connect with on socials, truly. It's, you know, the internet can be a really weird place, but it can also be a really positive place, too. And the fact that you and I were able to connect via Colton, shout out once again to Colton and Bad Mentality, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, I'm just really thankful that you, you and I were able to cross paths, man. And same thing with Charlie Mike. I got to get him back on the show and talk about his new music that he just put out. But I'm just really fortunate and blessed to have connected with so many great people, man. And you are among them. And I'm just really excited for you. And I'm proud of you and all the work that you're doing, dude. It's really great to see. And it, it motivates me to continue doing my thing with this podcast. So thanks again so much, dude. Once again, everybody, at 315 audio underscore media, at prod underscore by underscore 315 and at temples underscore us all on instagram all in the podcast description please go support john and everything that he's doing and everything he's got coming up for 2023 and really man i just want to put a button on this bad boy by saying thank you to all of you once again i I, i'm not short on my thank yous i know i say it a lot i know i repeat myself but i was raised to be grateful and i was raised to to say thank you and this show to see where it started way back in 2019 um, to bring it back to the intro of the show talking about my friend Dom I remember going out for Mexican one night and and talking to him about you know getting back into to podcasting almost four years ago I remember it was on my birthday weekend in 2019 and I remember coming up with the logo and you know getting getting the idea hatched for the theme of the show and then in 2020 when the pandemic happened, being like, okay, the universe is giving me a sign now with everything going on and being in isolation. I need to get back into this. I've wanted to scratch this itch for a while and uh, I've let fear get in the way. I've let other things in my life get in the way and I'm not going to do that anymore. This is something I need to do. I have a need to do this and connect with people in a positive way and to see how much it's grown over the last three, almost three years now that I've been doing it consistently again putting out three episodes a month on Tuesdays, 
to see the downloads go up, to see the countries that people are listening from, and to to see the social uh, the socials grow. In particular, Instagram. Um, most of that growth has been organic. I've done very little advertising and marketing for the show, and I'm not saying that to toot my own horn because I need to do more. And I'm going to get a new laptop this year, very shortly here, and start doing more visual uh, elements to the podcast and, and putting the video side of things out there. Um, but but to see it all grow, it, it wouldn't be possible without all of you who love and support me, not just on a personal level and the people that I know personally in my life, man, but everybody out there who I don't know personally who who checks out the podcast, who follows the Instagram, the Twitter you know, checks it out, subscribes to it, tells a friend to tell a friend. All of you who who, who are listening out there, please know how much I, I love and appreciate all of you. Thank you so much. We're just getting started, even though we're three years in, and I'm just really excited for what's on the horizon for this podcast. As I as I rapidly approach episode 100, it would not be possible without all of you who love and support the show, man. So thank you so much. Once again, you can follow me on Instagram at March 4th Pod on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman, and the host site is march4th.podbean.com. Everything is in the podcast description. So I'm going to put a button on this bad boy officially by saying thanks again to John. Shout out Colton, a.k.a. Bad Mentality. Shout out Charlie Mike. Go check out their work as well. It's just, uh, it's really cool to see everything that these guys have cooking for 2023, man. I'm just, I'm so grateful. So on that note, keep the faith and be kind to one another. Courtesy of John, here is one of the awesome beats that he's putting out in the world. This one is called Veil Side. Peace. Peace.